0: Bear fans were excited to see if our new rookie quarterback could answer the call a second time when the Bears traveled out west to take on the Arizona Cardinals in the desert. Did the rookie impress again? And what did Mike Glennon do to respond? All of this and so much more on the preseason week two review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Game number two in the books, so we are halfway done, which means that we are halfway there to the start of the regular season. I actually forgot to check to see how many days are left between now and the regular season opener against the Atlanta Falcons on September 10th. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the preseason week two review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and it's a a victory episode. How about that? Uh, We barely... Barely hung on. We'll talk about that more in a little little bit here. But uh, the Bears did pull out the victory. It was a lot more exciting in the last few minutes of the game than, quite frankly, it should have been. Um, and uh, <laughs> it it might cost someone his job. Um, with the with there only being one cut in the preseason this year, there's no like at with the with the big dress rehearsal game that's a week from today on Sunday the twenty seventh noon game on fox national tv it's the one that Jake cutler was supposed to call but instead he's out there uh, playing for the for the dolphins look didn't, didn't look too bad in his uh pre-season debut uh the other night didn't get a chance to uh didn't get a chance to watch it i uh i dvr'd it because it was coming on nfl network like 11 o'clock at night and i did dvr it and then accidentally um deleted it so i didn't get a chance to watch it all i got were highlights um I was uh, trying to delete the show below it and somehow finger slipped and yeah, whatever. But anyhow, um, you know, so I didn't get to watch it in its full context, just the just the highlights that we, we see Cutler complete two passes to Devontae Parker and then, you know, we see that basically he was under pressure the entire night, which wasn't good to see. Uh, you won't get the best Jay Cutler if he's under fire like that. I can guarantee you that. So we all know that watching him be a quarterback for the Bears uh, for eight years when he's behind the pocket, and he's got time to throw. He's brilliant. He is. He is. He truly is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league because he can step into his throws. He can, you know, his mechanics are on point. You know, Jay Cutler can be deadly accurate when he has the time to throw the ball. If he's under pressure, it's a crapshoot. You know, we know that from 2010. You know, the Bears were 11 and five that year. Cutler had a decent season, but he threw almost as many interceptions as he did touchdowns because he was constantly under fire um, in that, uh, you know, with the, the offensive line would be, gr- you know, good one day, great. The next horrible the day after, you know, so it just uh, it was a kind of a mixture, you know, it was an up and down year as far as being in love with Jay Cutler in 2000 and. And ten because you didn't know if he was going to go out there and throw three touchdowns or if he was going to give you two touchdowns and three picks with, you know, and the defense having to bail us out and, and, and so on and, and so forth. So if the, the dolphins really want to improve their chances and try to be that team that's going to catch new England for a change, they got to figure out what's going on with that offensive line. I mean, maybe it was an maybe it was an aberration because they were playing the Ravens who are supposed to be vastly improved on defense this year. But, um, the offensive line, from the highlights that I saw, remember I only got to see about half a dozen plays uh, or so, but it looked like he was under pressure just about every highlight uh, that they showed. Uh, the Dolphins are going to want to figure that out as soon as possible, uh, or, or else uh, you know, Bear fans would be, uh, you know, I told you so, and it all the way to to an eight and eight record, you know, and definitely Jay will retire and stay retired this time. So, but uh, anyway. The Bears played a game last night. Uh, didn't start until 9 o'clock, which kind of pissed me off. I, I was uh, I didn't find that out until 7 o'clock last night, which is when I was expecting the game to start. Uh, and then find out that, oh yeah, they're on the desert. They're in the you know on the west coast, so it doesn't start until 9. So instead of watching a game from 7 to 10 last night, I watched it from 9 to midnight. And uh, thankfully it was the the end result was uh, a positive one. The Bears walk away with a 24-23 victory over the arizona cardinals uh last night um but you know going into the the game it's been an odd week uh for the bears uh kyle long got booted out of practice on monday for fighting with offensive and defensive players i don't know how you get into a fight with an offensive player how does that happen you know you're 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 on the same side how how do you start throwing punches with a guy that's on your side you know defense i, I can understand how that that gets heated somebody won't let go of the jersey somebody gets a hold of the face mask you know bl- the blood gets up and then next thing you know we're 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 in here tossing punches and so on and so forth but um i don't understand how the hell he gets to a fight with an offensive player and uh, john fox booted him from practice after the second fight i don't know which one came first or whatever the the case may be, but after the second fight, John Fox sent him home uh, or sent him back to his, you know, I don't, yeah, the Bears broke camp. They're not in Bourbonnet anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, either way, um, but uh, he didn't play last night. Um, basically, that's the plan. So he's not being punished for the fights or or anything like that. That was the plan. They're, they're bringing Kyle back slowly as far as getting him into game action. Uh, I would like to see him play a bit on Sunday against the Titans, uh, in the dress rehearsal, but, um, we'll have to wait and see, uh, on that. I, I really don't want to see Kyle Long taking his first snaps of 2017 against the Falcons on opening day. So, um, speaking of which with the, um, I I just want to, we're probably 28 days away is what I would have to say at this point, because we have, well, it's September the 10th. So today's the 20th at the 20s 20, so of 21 days that the, that's that's much better math for me 21 days uh between now and kickoff so three weeks from today the bears and uh falcons kick it off so yeah that's a lot better than what i thought it was just off the top of my head fantastic yeah 21 days anyway um i would hate to think that kyle long's first snaps are going to be against that first team uh falcons defense on opening day i i, I don't want that to to happen so even if we just get a get a quarter out of them, maybe a series or two, whatever, uh, against the Titans next Sunday, I'd like to see Kyle Long out there, especially since he's changing positions. He's switching over to the left side, so all of his mechanics are opposite of what they sh- what they have been. You know, because even when he was a tackle, he played right tackle. So he was he's he's been on the right side his entire uh, career with the Bears all four years so far. Moving him over to the left side, it's going to be a change. Um, you know, it's gonna be a change. So I mean the, the center's on the opposite side of you, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It there's there's a lot of that there's a lot of that goes into it. Um on the injury front, um last night Akeem Hicks and Prince of Mukamura did not play, they were nursing uh injuries. Uh, Akeem Hicks was a Achilles injury and uh Prince of Mukamura nursing a hamstring. John Fox adamant that none of the injuries on the 14 players that did not play last night um, were not serious. So nobody's in danger of, you know, being out for an extended period of time. Danny Trevathan didn't play last night. Nick Kwiatkowski didn't play uh, last night. Um, Just off the top of my head, that's who I'm thinking about. So, um, but it was, it was quite a list. Jordan Howard suffered an eye injury, I think on Thursday. I'm not sure to what extent, but obviously they're saying once again, not serious um did not uh, play last night uh, Tariq Cohen ended up getting the start because Jeremy Langford's still not back or at least game ready with the ankle injury that he suffered in a walkthrough two weeks ago so that must have been a hell of an ankle injury I mean what the hell was he doing you know to to, to sprain an ankle so bad you can't practice or play for two weeks it's uh you know I sprained my an ankle I was unlucky with ankle injuries in high school I did it all the time <laughs> Uh, but it never really kept me out for more than, I mean, I never suffered in high ankle sprain, which I'm, I've heard is the, you know, that's, that's the one that can take you out like four to six weeks or, 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 whatever. But, uh, you know, none of them kept me out for more than a week or so. And, uh, it was more like I wasn't practicing, but I was able to play kind of thing. Um, and as far as game injuries, uh, Jonathan Bullard, who was having a monster game last night, left with a glute injury, which somehow you hurt your ass and prac in a game. I don't understand. Maybe he pulled a muscle or something. I don't know, but he left the game early. And so did Chris Brzezinski, who I didn't really notice was out there on the field. So what does that tell you? And, uh, (laughs) in the, um, let's just go ahead and get rid of this guy right now. Uh, category, uh, Marcus Wheaton, who was back in his first day of practice after the, um, appendectomy he had uh, a while back. Um, in his first day back of practice, <laughs> catches, catches the ball, or I don't know if, I don't know if he actually came down with it, but he, he broke his pinky finger in his first practice back from the appendectomy, a ball just hit his finger in just the right way that he, he broke his finger, uh, had to have surgery on it. Uh, I heard he, he had surgery on it. And it's not funny that he got hurt, but it's just funny that it keeps happening. And and, and it's it's more like um, when I heard about the the, um, the the pinky injury, I was on t- Twitter and I said that um, you know I, maybe we should go ahead and get rid of this guy now because you know the job of constantly hurt wide receiver is already taken. You know Kevin White's had that job. Obviously he'd like to give it to somebody else, but it's his job. Uh, for now, it seems that Marcus Wheaton is running away with it. Uh, at this point, like he has just taken it upon himself to be the one that's going to have, uh, you know, the injury plagued career now. And, um, you know, he's, um, somebody that, that I am actually dying to see, you know, cause this was one of the, what many people consider to be an underrated free agent acquisition for the bears. This is a guy that was overshadowed by, uh, Montavious Bryant and Tony O'Brown out there in in Pittsburgh and, and could be a contributor for the bears or somebody, or, you know, add something a little special uh, to that wide receiving core for the bears in a, a wide receiving core desperately needs it. And um, the guy can't keep himself healthy in practice for Christ's sake. I mean, can't say anything about the appendectomy. That's, that's nothing you, there's nothing you can do that will cause an appendectomy or prevent one or, or, or whatever. As far as I know, I'm not a freaking doctor, obviously, but, You know, you can't fault him for the appendectomy. But, you know, the appendectomy happens. Okay, fine. Thankfully, it happened in camp. So, you know, he'll be back in time. And was healthy enough to start practicing this week. Didn't even get through the first practice. He breaks a finger that required surgery to put it back together again. And he's a receiver. So he needs his freaking hands. So I don't know how long this this one's going to keep him out. But um, that's the... uh, that's how it went down the other day. So, I don't know. Maybe we can. <laughs> I mean, can he make the team at this point? All the wide receivers that we signed with Kendall Wright and Victor Cruz and uh, and so on. It's uh, you know, it, it, I mean, maybe the Bears will take a small cap hit, but we only signed the guy to a two-year deal for like 11 million. Maybe we guaranteed like five or six of that. It's not the biggest cap hit in the world. So, you know, maybe that's something to consider if he can't keep himself healthy like if he can't get himself back on the field maybe that's something to consider i don't know we'll have to wait and see but um anyway that's uh kind of like the news and notes uh section uh, of the uh of the show and um let's go ahead and dive in it's time to review week two of the preseason with the bears and the cardinals As predicted, um, after the way Mitchell Trubisky played last Thursday against the Broncos, all of Chicago collectively lost their minds uh, combined with the fact that Mike Lennon was a, an abomination last week. He was terrible, absolutely awful uh, against the Broncos, a pick six, his third play in the game, only the second pass he's ever thrown in a bear uniform, and uh, wearing that unlucky number eight uh, jersey as well did not help. Um, you know Grossman and McCown, the last ones to wear that one. I mean, even wasn't wasn't it Connor Shaw was wearing eight last year when he got busted up. So you know that is just that's a jersey that needs to be not retired, but definitely uh, not commissioned to anyone else ever again. So I mean, we just need to get rid of that number. But um, you know, it was a um, a lot of people calling for Trubisky to be the starter after. Everything went, and I knew automatically that that was going to happen because, like I said last week, we bear fans are whores for people that will uh, for guys that will perform well at the quarterback position because we're just so hungry for it. I mean, hungry for it. I mean, I, I I think the term is thirsty. You know, we're thirsty for a for a guy to be the you know for someone to be be the guy that's good enough so that we can include. Chicago Bears and elite quarterback in the same sentence. I mean, it would be fantastic to to have that happen uh, at some point. We thought Jay Cutler was going to be that guy. He showed flashes of it. He had the promise. He had the promise and all the tools uh, to pull it off. But just uh, it never happened. It never came to fruition. So um, you know, so we moved on. We got Mike Glennon to kind of hold it down for us while we prepare Mitchell Trubisky. The problem is. Trubisky has shown himself to be the best quarterback on the roster through the first two preseason games. Now, we kind of take Mark Sanchez out of the equation here because Sanchez is not in Chicago to be the starter. You know, Sanchez is here to do one of two things. He's here to help Mitchell Trubisky because he went through in his career what Trubisky is going to be going through. He was a high draft pick with high expectations. The team that got him traded up to get him, uh, and so on. In a big metropolitan area, I mean, the Chicago is, well, I mean, I guess since L.A.'s back in the mix, it's number three uh, in the league now, but it was number two until we had teams back in Los Angeles again. He, of course, went to New York, the number one media market in the, well, in the world, quite frankly, but, um, you know, just the pressures of living in a big town with, you know, a- an abrasive media that can lean on you pretty heavy if you let it, how to handle it. I mean, he's even given the kid advice on stuff like don't buy anything. Don't buy a house, rent a place until you're settled and so on and so forth. Don't go ahead. Don't be the guy that buys the, you know, the, the $10 million home and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then, then you're not here in two years or whatever, you know, it's like just before, you know, until you get used to the area and, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, just rent, don't buy and, and so on. And so little advice on, on the little stuff. and, you know, like I said, being a quarterback, I mean, he was a USC quarterback, obviously not the same pedigree as uh, Trubisky. Trubisky's UNC from North Carolina, so not the football powerhouse that Mark Sanchez uh, was coming from, but very similar backgrounds. They only had one season as a starter before declaring for the draft. They were picked high. Uh, Mark Sanchez was over number five by the Jets back in 09, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, but he was the one that was being thrown into the mix immediately, ended up leading the Jets to two AFC championship games. Unfortunately, they didn't uh, win either one. But, um, you know, but he's been through all of that. And now he's there to, to help uh, help uh, Mitch Trubisky and to back up Mike Glennon or so one would think. And Mike Glennon, on the other hand, was supposed to come in and, and be the guy and be the bridge. Between Jay Cutler and, and Mitchell uh, Trubisky, whether Glennon likes it or not, uh, it's been quite a mind, mine Well, I can't say the word I want to say, but anyway, you know, it's been quite a uh, mind screw with uh, with. Let's just call it that for Trubisky or uh, for um, Glennon. You know, the guy comes in, he signs for for big money. He's going to be the starter. He knows that, and then. There he is at Soldier Field with uh, hundreds of Bear fans on draft night. And the Bears call quarterback Mitchell Trubisky uh, with the number two overall pick. And, I mean, it's quite a, quite a kick to the gut, you know, if you ask me. But, um, you know, as far as the media is concerned, he's been handling it very well. And, um, but last week against the Broncos, he looked like a deer in headlights uh, for the most part. Had a zero quarterback rating. Uh, through the pick six was like two for eight, you know, just, it did not, it was an awful debut. And then to have, you know, Trubisky come out and lead the bears to their first touchdown and a two minute drill, and then lead the bears down the field again. And just looked like a, you know, just like it, you know, just like a fish to water, man. He just took right to it last week. You know, everyone was wondering how was it going to go down this week in Arizona? Well, for the most part it was pretty much the same um glennon looked better and it was hard not to with the performance that he had last week there was really nowhere to go but up after the way he played against the uh broncos however um you know his his stats were weren't bad i mean much better 13 of 18 89 yards and a touchdown but the was um you know he, he comes out and in the beginning like the first two series um you know he was he was hitting his receivers but all of his throws were like off targets you know like you know the receivers having bent down to pick the ball up by their shoelaces and and so on and you know it just didn't look good i mean the stats did not reflect what was actually happening out there because going into the drive uh, you know, in, in the second quarter, I believe it was, um, you know, he was like five for six and I didn't think he'd completed five of his six passes. Here I am thinking he's skipping it off the ground into, you know, into the receiver's hands and whatnot. It just didn't look good. And then he had a put together a really good drive. Um, you know, help with the, with the fact that Tariq Cohen was a beast last night, 11 carries for 77 yards, didn't get a touchdown. Uh, last night but definitely looks he definitely looks like what everyone's been saying he is which is Ryan Pace's Darren Sproles because we know Ryan Pace comes to us from the New Orleans Saints where he had a you know he had a breeze a Jimmy Graham and a Darren Sproles and that's what you know Darren Sproles is 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 Tariq Cohen and now the Jimmy Graham that he had is Adam Shaheen that's the spot that, that Shaheen not as an athletic a guy as Jimmy Graham is obviously but in that vein of the tall, lanky, uh, tight end with that's got a catch radius that most people can't match. So um, that's what Adam Shaheen is supposed to be. And, you know, obviously Trubisky is going to be his Drew Brees. And last night, I saw all the evidence in the world that I need to see as far as Tariq Cohen matching that Darren Sproles um, mold, if you will. You know, that short little stocky guy, that low center of gravity, which makes him so hard to tackle... You know, he's going to be our third down back. I mean, as good as Jordan Howard is, and Jordan Howard is a three-down back, this is a guy that's definitely, you know, you're going to see Tariq Cohen on the field on third downs a lot this year, I believe, for sure. I mean, and he's done it very well in the first two uh, preseason games, and last night he did it against the starters. He didn't do it in the second half of the game like he did last week. He did it against people that are going to be lining up on day one for the Cardinals uh, this year. He did it well. So anyway, you know, after a a shaky first quarter, the Bears are driving the ball down the field. Glennon seems to be in in a rhythm. Now he's completing passes. The Bears are moving the chains. They're getting down the field and delivered what looked like a pretty good throw. It's just he was late on it, and it ended up being a throw he shouldn't have made, which he admitted himself after the game. Picked off by Tyron Matthew, almost taken back to the house, led to the Cardinals' uh, first uh, touchdown uh, of the game. So, you know, that's that's those heartbreak. I mean, like, that had fourth-quarter game-winning drive written all over it in my mind. That's the scenario that was playing out in my head when I saw, you know, it was like that's where, you know, Glennon's, you know, so close to becoming the hero of Chicago. The Bears are down four and we need a touchdown touchdown to win let's just say it's against the falcons week one you know the defense has kept us in the game the offense has played well enough to put some points on the board but we're down four, three minutes to go glennon's leading us down the down the field you know we think we got a touchdown to kendall Wright, but of course he didn't see that linebacker there who just cut across the field snatched the ball and that was it game over bears lose kind of thing then you know just when you think mike glennon's gonna snatch the Snatch the momentum away from Trubisky and, and and cement himself as the starter in the eyes of Bear fans. For now, something like that happens, and that's what happened on on Saturday night. He threw that pick, and um, you know it really did kind of feel like a dagger because you just kind of feel yourself with this drive. You're watching like, okay, yeah, this is good, good job. You know this is nice, yes, good, good. You know moving down the field, and then he throws that pick and like, ah, oh, Christ, come on. You know that was uh, the last thing that uh, that we needed. He did respond to uh, it, Was like two drives later, he did get the Bears down the field, and I think they tried that same play again uh, with Kendall Wright, uh, but they got the uh, they got it um, how do you say um, they got it run right this time because it, they got it cleared out. That's the word I was looking for, cleared out because there was no one there to to, to defend. Kendall Wright, he catches the ball out in the flat and runs it into the end zone, you know, for the touchdown. The Bears are up 10-7, to seven. and, um, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, you know, it, it didn't erase the fact that Glennon threw the interception, and it also didn't erase the fact that on that touchdown drive he almost threw another one. He threw another interception that should it should have been interception. The defender dropped it. Um, so 13 of 18 for 89 yards and a touchdown and one interception – doesn't really tell the the whole story of Mike Lennon. It's a vast improvement on what he did last week. And I know it's going to piss a lot of people off, but this Sunday coming up, a week from today, against the the Titans, he's going to play the entire first half and maybe into uh, the third quarter before Trubisky comes out on the field. And I hope the Bears don't do what they did last time or last night, I should say. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm all for having uh, Mark Sanchez and carrying three quarterbacks on the team uh, this year. We saw what he was able to do in helping Dak Prescott adjust to the NFL game last year. So I definitely see Mark Sanchez's value in keeping him uh, on the team. He seems like, you know, whatever he's doing is working so far uh, with, uh, with Trubisky. Um, he should not be taking the field before Trubisky. Last night, that was a mistake. Now, granted, he was only in for one series last night but it was one series too many if anything he should have been going in late in the fourth quarter uh after trubisky instead of uh going in and stealing a series of reps away from him uh in the uh, in the third quarter we know who and what we have in mark sanchez we don't need to be throwing him out there practice reps are all he needs at this point if we're trying to develop trubisky to get him on the field mark sanchez shouldn't be taking the field uh in front of him And that's not a knock on Sanchez. It's, you know, if we're truly trying to get Trubisky ready after what he did last week against the Broncos, he should be ahead of uh, Sanchez on the depth chart. Plain it simple. That's the way it should be. Because we know why Sanchez is on the team. We know why he's here. So, you know, he shouldn't be on the field taking reps uh, away from uh, Trubisky at this point. So, anyway, um, the most exciting play of the night... Um, happened just before the end of the first half. Um, Bruce Arians said, and I was just reading this before we got started. Bruce Arians said that um, the kicker, whose name is eluding me at the moment, the field goal kicker for the um, for the Cardinals, a veteran, longtime uh, kicker in in the league, has kicked sixty five yard field goals in practice all the time. And the Cardinals, just before the end of the half, were in a position to kick a sixty three yard field goal which until a couple of years ago was the longest field goal anybody's ever kicked in the history of the nfl Uh, and the guy you know rears back and kicks it the bears uh, jeff rogers our special teams coordinator uh smartly puts deontay thompson at the back of the end zone just in case and sure enough um he he whiffs it and hits it wide right deontay thompson catches it literally at the back of the end zone i was actually afraid they were going to blow it dead i thought i saw him step out of bounds but he didn't um, and ends up running it back 109 yards a la Devin Hester uh, for the touchdown. So it's what they call a kick six to go up 17-7 to seven before the end of the half there in the, uh, in the, in the second quarter. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, if they had better tacklers on that unit, Deontay Thompson would have been stopped at about the six-yard line. But instead, he breaks the first tackle and then uses that speed to get himself way upfield. It was either the kicker or the holder that had one last shot at him, and basically, aside from the the first defender that that got his arms around Thompson but couldn't bring him down, he went untouched uh, into the end zone uh, for the touchdown. A huge, huge boost, and which ended up being uh, the big difference uh, in the game. Um, but special teams had had a good night for the for the most part. For the most part. Um, They ended up being the reason we almost lost the damn game, or at least send it into overtime, uh, last night. If uh, if Bruce Arians was a uh, play it safe kind of guy, we go to overtime last night. But um, you know, before we get to that, uh, Roberto Aguayo, that was one of the that was something I should have thrown into the news and notes. Just watched him get cut on um, Hard Knocks uh, this week, because the second round pick of 2016. (laughs) barely been on the team a year he's been cut already and they traded up into the second round to get him they you know their next pick was sometime in the third round they traded into the, the the back half of the second round to take him uh last year and um had a horrible rookie year only 71% of his field goals which was the worst in the NFL uh last season they brought in Nick Folk uh after 7 years with the Jets to compete and aguayo just flat out did not answer the call missed another kick or two in the preseason, in their first game, and the Bucks just let him go. The Bears picked him up. Four hundred twenty grand is all it's going to cost us. That Aguayo is is uh, you know, and we already cut Andy Phillips even before the first game against Denver. So another camp leg, bring him in. And it's funny that it's Aguayo because Aguayo was who Connor Barth lost his job to in Tampa Bay last year. So. Connor Barth couldn't beat out Aguayo last year or actually probably didn't have a chance to because you're not going to cut second round pick in training camp. So um, but instead, uh, I was reading uh, just before the start of the show that uh, Ryan Pace was saying that um, uh, it's all about competition. That's why we brought Aguayo in. And ever since Aguayo has been on the team, Connor Barth hasn't missed a kick. So good thing because Aguayo missed his kick last night granted it was a 49 yard field goal not the easiest kick to make and it was just it was bad it wasn't that it was not only was it wide but it it he shanked it somehow because it looked like if you look at the trajectory off of his foot it looked like it was going to be straight up the uprights and then took a sharp turn midair you know like he, he just sliced it like a golf shot he sliced it and it went off to the right so it was no good he missed his one shot He did uh, kick off once and just about kicked it out of the stadium, showing that he does have the leg power to pretty much kick any kick on the field. It's just whatever's going on with his mechanics or whatever's going on between his ears is what's keeping him from living up to his NFL potential. I mean, this is a kid who I don't think he missed a kick in college was one of the most accurate, one of the most accurate, if not the most accurate kickers in college football history. And you know, was supposed to be the next Janikowski as far as the next great kicker, you know, next great drafted kicker or, or, or what have you. And we're barely a year in, you know, as far as calendar time, uh, barely a year into his career, he's already on his second team and you know, if there were first, if there were cuts to be made after last night, Aguayo's getting sent home again. You know what I mean? So um it's it's not looking good for the kid, that's for sure. And uh I'm pulling for him. I don't know if I want to keep him on our team just because Connor Barth was shaky enough last year, but, uh, you know, we could use the help in the kicking game because Barth was not fantastic last year. He got better as the year went along, but he definitely cost us some games early on in the season last year, but, um, we'll see. Uh, and other special teams, Eddie Jackson are uh, super talented, uh, safety. And we'll talk about the secondary here in a minute. Um, got a gift last night from the officials, um, and it was his fault. I mean, they saved him because technically the 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 call was correct. Um, basically, Eddie Jackson uh, was back to receive a punt, did not signal the fair catch, which is what he should have done because the, the the defenders were bearing down on him. Uh, did not signal the fair catch. The runner basically got to him before the ball did, so it was it was the declared a penalty. Uh, wiped away the, the fumble, the muff, or, or what have you, and um, you know, gave the ball back to the Bears, plus a 15-yard penalty for interference with the, uh, with the uh, receiver or the pass, you know the catcher or whatnot, whatnot, the punt returner, I should say. and um, you know, But it never should have happened. J- Jackson should have signaled the fair catch, catch the ball, boom, we're good, we'll take the ball right there, and, uh, and so on, and you know that that's what he's being told in film study uh, today. Um, you know, but he got a gift because technically the rule was correct that uh, he did not give Eddie Jackson the chance to catch the ball. Therefore, the, the the flag was legit, but he got lucky because sometimes the, the refs aren't going to give you that uh, call. You should make the fair catch. So uh, Eddie Jackson got away with one. We already talked about Deontay Thompson. Aguayo missed his only field goal attempt last night. Connor Barth hit a 42 yarder and hit all three extra points. So that kind of goes along with what Ryan Pace was saying that Ever since Aguayo showed up, uh, Connor Barth hasn't missed a kick yet. And then finally, um, the drama at the end of the game with Trubisky out on the field. Uh, he leads the Bears to a to a touchdown in the fourth quarter that gives us a ten point lead with about five minutes to go in the game. I think somewhere in it was the the later half of the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Trubisky had had a rookie moment last night, made a throw. Uh, granted, his receiver slipped and fell uh, on the break, but it wasn't a good throw. The receiver wasn't going to make the uh, catch. At, the, at, at best, he was going to be playing defense on that particular uh, throw. Uh, bounces off the defender. It looked like he picked it off um, on the ricochet, but uh, the, the referees declared that it hit the ground before the uh, defender come up with it, so no interception uh, for Trubisky. Um, the one good thing I can say is he was under fire last night. He was under pressure. The Cardinals were blitzing and coming after uh, Trubisky last night. He was under pressure. He took some hits. He even got sacked uh, last night, um, twice technically. But one was, was called off because of a uh, face mask penalty by the guy that, that got Trubisky. But he was let's say he was sacked twice last night. He took some hits along the way. But it didn't rattle him. You know, which is good. And, and at the same time, something that we need to avoid um, tremendously because we don't want the kid to become gun-shy uh, and think he's going to get hit every time he goes back to throw. But, um, you know, he answered the call last night, led the Bears on another touchdown drive, a brilliant play-action uh, play, rolls out to his right, Benny Cunningham wide open, throws it to him. He takes it in for the touchdown, puts the Bears up 24-14 to with about five, six minutes left to go. Uh, the Cardinals come back and they can only manage a field goal. So they're down seven. So now here we are, I think there's maybe less than three minutes to go in the game. If it's even that much. And they, it was more of a, it wasn't really a, um, it wasn't really a, a onside kick. I mean, that's ended up what it ended up being, but one of those where they intentionally like kicked it so that it, it rolled, but kind of like a ground ball in baseball. So we could take funny bounces and so on and so forth. And Daniel Braverman tried to do that uh, where he wanted to pick it up and run with it kind of thing, as opposed to just falling on it and ended up, you know, obviously it's a live ball regardless, but he touches the football. He falls down. He can't get to a Tanner Gentry who was right there. Couldn't get to it either. The Cardinals were able to recover it. Uh, they're inside our 20 yard line at the be- at worst. And we're able to put it into the end zone to make it 24 to 23. Uh, Bruce Arians wants to get the game over with. He goes for two. Uh, They fall short on the two point conversion. So the bears end up winning, but that very mill may be the last that we see of Daniel Braverman. uh, Unfortunately, as, as much of a a training camp darling as he was a year ago and how he was, you know, kind of missed out on his chance last year for whatever reason, they didn't play him enough last season. God knows we could have used the help, man. I mean, at the wide receiver spot. I mean, Braverman should have played a lot more than he did. I don't know what was going on there, but um, you know, nonetheless um, with the, 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 the log jam we have at wide receiver, Marcus Wheaton's probably going to make the team regardless. Um, Kendall, Wright, Victor Cruz, uh, Kevin White, obviously, um, you know, there's only so many with, with Deontay Thompson and Josh Bellamy, pretty much locks to make the team because of special teams. You know braverman special teams is the only shot that Braverman has at this point, and that right there that's that's not gonna help that's not gonna help at all so um we may have seen the last of dana Braverman last night, so rest in peace if that is what truly happens so um anyway, before we get out of here uh on the defensive side, they were solid once again, they were fantastic uh actually uh the secondary is really starting to shape up and, and granted um. Amukamura mukamura was out last night. So Kyle Fuller was there. He made some decent plays, uh, last night, uh, Jarrell Freeman, um, who's, you know, who's staying healthy and, uh, you know, with Trevathan and Kwiatkowski not playing last night, it was Christian Jones that was on the other side or the other inside linebacker last night. Jarrell Freeman is, is in mid-season form. He was the beast that he was at the start of last, uh, uh last season. The guy was absolutely everywhere, uh, last night. And, uh, You know, really liking what I'm seeing out of him. Um, We are deep on the on the defensive line, folks, with, uh, you know, even with Akeem Hicks and Mitch Unrine not playing last night. um, Our starters were Jonathan Bullard and Jay Howard on the outside with Eddie Goldman on in the inside. The Cardinals flat out could not run the football last night uh, on the Bears. Jay Howard and and Jonathan Bullard. Bullard had a fantastic game before he left with the with the uh, the glute injury um a guy that I've been dying to see um you know he was one of those when we signed him as an undrafted rookie free agent last year it was a watch out for this guy kind of a signing was roy robertson harris from utep um the bears put him on injured reserve last season uh for his entire rookie year due do to like remember that illness where the bears had to cut sam Acho? because of that illness that he had in 2015 and everyone was losing their minds because we love Sam Acho and we don't want him to go anywhere and the Bears ended up signing him like two weeks later when he was healthy again. I think it was that like illness or bug or whatever that was going around that Roy Robertson Harris had ended up putting him on injured reserve for the season just because. Like the Bears don't want to lose him but they don't want to cut him. You know, they... You know, they don't, they're don't. they not going to cut him because they don't want to lose him. You put him on IR, he's still on the team, so on and so forth. He was lights out last night. He had two sacks, uh, like three tackles last night. He looked fantastic. Um, the only problem may be that we are extremely deep at defensive line, so there's only so many spots that we can have. So uh, we'll see how he ends up uh, on the team um, this year. And like I said, Jonathan Bullard was extremely impressive last night. We're in a new number, number 90. And, um, you know, he looked like a stud last night. The guy that we thought we drafted is who he's starting to play like. So hopefully this glute injury won't slow him down uh, too much. And then the secondary, like I said, really coming together. um, Looks to be more ball hawking this year. Eddie Jackson was in place to make a play or two as far as interceptions were concerned. Uh, Quentin Demps um, is, you know, going after the football initially looked like Demps, You know, Peanut punched the ball out. Cravon LeBlanc right there picks it up 77 yards for a touchdown. It turns out they ruled the receiver down by contact before the ball came out. So the play comes back. But that's the kind of thing you want to see from the Bears. And then B.W. Webb, one of the late secondary signings that the Bears had in the offseason, made a really impressive interception. Uh, It was one of those where it was kind of like a fight for the ball uh, kind of thing. It was it was kind of like wrapped around and around his body, and uh, you know, uh, it was it was it's it's difficult to explain. You have to take a look at the highlight to see it. But it was one of those where it was impressive in the fact that it was because of his concentration that he was able to come away uh, with the uh, with the football, and um, you know, he made the interception, and it really seems like there has an there is an emphasis on that because you're seeing more of it. You know, Eddie Jackson. He looks like the real deal, man. I think if you see him start this next weekend against the Titans, he's going to be our starter against the Falcons. And Adrian Amos is going to be watching um, this year because um, he just seems to always be around the ball, which is one of those things that, you know, it's like, Hey, we got a, we got our safety. We got him in the fourth round, but he would have been a, you know, second round pick if it weren't for the broken leg in 2016, the blown ACL in, in 2015, but weren't for his injuries you know eddie jackson he could have been a first round second round pick depending on who needed him and where uh kind of thing and uh, he's in in the two games that i've seen him play so far he seems to always be where the ball is and uh, that's what you want out of your secondary especially those guys in at the safety position playing center field that's where you want them you want them to be wherever the ball is so you either want them to be able to stop what's going on or prevent it period you know uh, or to, you know, take the ball and go the other way with it. And I think with Demps and possibly Jackson back there, the Bears might be in a position um, to turn some things around, and get some turnovers, and, uh, you know, make it happen uh, this year. And, um, you know, like I said, our, our front seven, uh, Leonard Floyd didn't get any sacks. There's a lot of pressure on Palmer last night. Uh, Arians ended up pulling him early uh, just because he didn't want to see the, you know, see him getting beat up. Um David Johnson, their star running back, they got they pulled him early after 3 carries and 3 yards just because uh you know, Aaron's like I don't want to see him getting hit that much, so get him out of there, just get a feel for the game and then get him out. Same thing with Larry Fitzgerald. The Bears are going to be tough on defense this year. So I mean, they're uh they're going to be a reason that we're staying in some games is going to be on, up to the offense to win it for us uh this season. So that's why it's like, yeah, well, we'll we'll still have to wait and see. So but uh, overall the bears pulled it out. Like I said, despite the drama there in the last few minutes of the game, it should have never been that close, uh, 24 to 23, but, um, you know, the bears look good. Trubisky was good. Uh, Glennon was better, uh, than he was, which is, you know, hard not to not be after the way he played, uh, t- you know, last Thursday, but, um, you know, it's, it's starting to come together. We'll see the Sunday against the Titans is going to be the real test because the Titans are supposed to be a team. That's either going to challenge for a playoff spot or win the AFC South, depending on who you're talking to. Um, Because the Colts, they're rebuilding right now. The Jaguars, they're kind of the wild card because they have been, you know, they've drafted all the talent in the world. They've signed a bunch of defensive players. Can they put it all together? If they could, they could be the Titans of this season. Because last year it was the Titans that were, you know, they've had a lot of, you know, high draft choices. They've, you know, they've made some free agent signings. You know, know, Marcus Mariota is the quarterback, and he's been working out for them. They made a big move last year. They're expected to make another uh, this season. And then you have Houston who was the best team in the division last year, despite Brock Osweiler being who he was. They drafted Deshaun Watson. Tom Savage has looked good as as their starting quarterback. That's a real competition between those guys. And on top of it all, they had the number one defense in football last year without J.J. Watt, who was back and healthy uh, this year. So, you know, it's going to be a real test for the Bears to see against the Titans who they really are. You know, it's going to be happening in Tennessee on Sunday uh on national tv for the whole world to see when that happened against the the chiefs a year ago we're playing a team that was supposed to be making a playoff run the chiefs look like the playoff team and the bears look like a 3 and 13 squad so we'll see how we feel uh, about our football team after that game and as a matter of fact i'm gonna have to reconfirm it but the last time i talked to him uh dan cotton from 24 7 sports who was on the show with us last year to talk about the tennessee titans when we're playing the afc south uh, has agreed to come on after the game and kind of do somewhat of a knee-jerk reaction type uh review uh of the game to see what we think both of our teams are at after that all-important dress rehearsal game so be on the look on be on the lookout for that uh next sunday night or first thing uh monday morning uh depending on how my weekend goes because um my dad is coming into town, possibly my brother as well. We're going to watch the Mayweather-McGregor fight on Saturday, and then they're going to be here Sunday afternoon to watch the Bears and the Titans uh, before they head back home to, uh, to Indiana. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, anyway, that's all I got for now. Come back on Sunday, possibly Monday at the very latest, to uh, well, to see what happened in this all-important dress rehearsal game. How well did Glennon do against the, one of the better teams in the AFC, or what's supposed to be one of the better teams, a rising team? Let's just call him uh, in the AFC. Did he improve upon his improvement? He was better than he was um, last Thursday. Can he get better than that? Can he eliminate the mistakes and look a little more efficient? I would really like to see the Bears start taking some shots down the field. You know this dinking and dunking crap, man. Let's 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 get some dig routes across the middle of let's let's challenge the defense let's give Glennon some throws to make you know let's get some confidence in this guy and uh, if he's going to be our starter if the Bears are truly going to stick to their guns we need to be challenging Glennon more so we can get him you know to be more confident let's make some more challenging throws I mean maybe that's be counterproductive maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here but that's how I feel you know we really should be instead of running the ball every single down put the ball in your quarterback's hands it's the preseason for Christ's sake who cares it's the preseason, let's take some chances, see what this guy can do um, before we have to start turning the reins over to Trubisky because the way things are going right now, that's gonna happen a lot sooner than later than the Bears are hoping. You know, we're gonna have a 16 million backup behind this rookie if things keep going the way they're going. So, I mean, we just need to, if we truly want this to be a learning year for Trubisky, we need to put more faith in Glennon and give him more of the offense to perform. Cause this dinking and dunking into the flat and these short five-yard routes and you know in the middle of, that's not going to get it done number one it's not going to get it done period on offense and number two you know these high percentage throws and everything is not going to do much to you know unless we're setting up the defense unless Doe Logan is a mad genius you know we're going to keep having the safeties come in for these short routes short routes short routes the next thing you know we're going over the top to whoever uh, for a touchdown, so unless that's what we're trying to do, or at least that's the film that we're trying to give the rest of the NFL right now, okay. But otherwise, I would like to see Glennon, um, you know, using it because he's supposed to have an arm that can throw it out of the stadium. I'd like to see it before the preseason is over, so let's do it. You know, if if Kevin White is still as fast as he was in college, let's see it. You know, let's run at, at you know, just run, just run the damn thing, a fly route of what we used to call it in high school you know, a streak, everything. Just run straight down the field. I'll throw it as far as I can and see if I can hit you. you know, let's see that happen at least once in the preseason. Take a deep shot. See if uh, see if Kevin White still got the speed. We're supposed to be trying to build up his confidence. He caught two balls for two yards last night. That's not going to do it. So uh, we got some work to do in this preseason game. Can Glennon improve on what he did on Saturday? Can Trubisky play as well if not better than he's been playing and and make it a truly difficult decision for the bears going into the start uh, of the season so we will we will see so i'll uh, come back next sunday we'll review this uh the dress rehearsal game against the titans and uh see where we're at because you know i was ready to hit the panic button after that chiefs game last year let's see where we're at after this one so until then uh we'll have uh, myself and dan cotton back on that show So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.